0: Alright guys, hello and welcome to the Canadian Bowler Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lucas Caldwell, and I'm joined today by my beautiful co-host, Daryl. Hey
1: Luke, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. Daryl, how are you doing today? Uh, holding it down. Staying indoors. Avoiding the panic? <laughs> yeah, Make sure you got your toilet paper and all that fun stuff. <laughs> exactly, man. Oh, man. All right.
0: Well, I'd, first off, I'd like to apologize for having a little bit of delay on the show as I was away last week. So, but I mean, here we are. So, I guess we'll get right into it. Today, we're joined by, uh, as John Saitman said, a Saskatchewan legend, uh, somebody I've known for a few years, and I know Daryl's pretty, pretty tight with them, and that would be Alex Scott. Thanks for joining us today, Alex.
2: Hey, thanks. Hey, hey, dudes. How are you guys?
0: Good, man. How are you? All good, man.
2: Very very well. Thanks for having me on.
0: I guess we'll get started off with a softball here. The same mm-hmm. one I like to ask everybody, just, uh, just so everybody gets to know a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are who are you today?
2: Who am I today? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll be myself today, but uh, uh, I'm Alex Scott. I'm from Saskatchewan, and um, I've been lawn bowling in this game for like 24 years, just kind of holding it down in Saskatoon.
0: Yeah, man, that's a long time.
2: Yeah, it's long enough.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Al, um, how how are things in Saskatchewan? I mean, with uh, Luke and I being in Ontario, we see kind of an Ontario perspective of all the the weirdness that's going on right now. What is it like out where you are?
2: Uh, it's kind of ramping up slowly, but uh, man, you can't wipe your butt. You can't find <laughs> any TV in this town. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually insane. Like, uh, Costco lineups are out of control, and I don't know. I'm just uh, staying away from all of it. I'm stocked, and we're just hanging out, getting ready for the season.
0: Cool. Yeah, fair enough. I almost feel bad about the whole situation just for the people who aren't as worried and can't go out and get stuff. So I feel bad for those people. But
2: Yeah, man. People are <laughs> crazy out here. They need to calm down and work together more.
1: Absolutely. Um, another question for you, um, why bowls? So to get right back to it, um, you've been bowling since you were really young. Um, well, fairly young, I'd say, um, in Saskatchewan, um, with bowling being, um, I mean, fairly small in respect to other sports, why did you get into bowls and, and why do you still bowl now?
2: Yeah. Um. Honestly, I was like 10 years old and my grandparents had been longstanding members with, uh, the Newtown lawn bowling club. So they took me out on a random weekend one day and, uh, started hucking and chucking them down. And it actually I caught on pretty quick and decided that it was a sport that I would be competitive at for sure.
1: Awesome, and
2: over, over the years, uh I don't know. The more success and that I found, I just managed to keep trucking with it. I found a bunch of new teammates to bowl with. We found a lot of success together and a lot of new opportunities. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at today. It's been a crazy couple decades, which is a terribly old thing to say, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been a time. And uh, i I feel like a chapter is closed and new life things are happening, and I'm just excited to get going on something new again.
0: What would you uh, say you think your favorite moment in bowls has been over all the international events, national, provincial events? What would you think would be your favorite (sighs) moment?
2: Oh, man, that's a loaded question. (laughs) Uh, I would say if I had to pick one, I mean, you always remember the first time you win a Canadian. So 2014 was a big deal for me when uh, we took home our first Canadian championship gold. Uh, the year after was another big deal when um, me and the Petuli brothers and Grant Wilkie won the fours together. We'd been working towards that goal for a very long time and we finally made that happen and then Bulls Canada decided they should send us four to Hong Kong which might have been a <laughs> huge mistake. <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, um, U25s was a big deal as well. and went to Australia back in oh eight and just met some amazing people all over the world and it pretty much blew my mind what's going on out there.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Though that's a couple of good examples, but I could I could give you fifty more if you. <laughs> have time.
0: All right. Well, well, we'll avoid the fifty more. But what do you think would be uh, your worst experience? Oh, uh,
2: I'd say the worst experience from a bull's perspective was. I remember losing to Dylan Jacobs and the under 25s in 2009 um in my home club.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: in the in the gold medal <laughs> finals. So, I was going for the trifecta and I'm like, man, three times the charm at my own host club. Everyone's cheering me on. No one wants Dylan to win. <laughs> and then the guy beat me in a tiebreak. He was so clutch and uh that was a heartbreaker. And I'd say another one was 2013 when me and John Petulli uh, lost out in the pairs after uh, hilariously getting bounced out of the tournament from Michael and Marie Petulli and then we had a rematch with them in the bronze medal and they beat us by one point again And we we smashed them in provincials they shouldn't have even been there but they were there <laughs> everything
1: it's amazing how that happens <laughs> yeah
2: yeah Two two bad moments, but you know, we recovered. We'll be okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, man,
0: everyone has bad moments. So. Yeah, man.
1: I wanted to ask you about um something you put out recently. Uh Bulls Canada published your uh your article. Um it has yeah. a nice nice picture of you on there. I, I thought it was a great article. I thought you did a really fantastic job. Um what inspired you to to write that and, and what was I guess what did you hope to portray by, by posting that?
2: Uh, I guess the inspiration came from just uh, I'm part of the marketing campaign with Bulls Canada and we were kind of putting our heads together to figure out what we can release in the off season. And I uh, decided I really like writing. I really like telling stories because a lot of people have their own versions and amazing things to say. And that was the inspiration behind it. Uh, Valentine's Day was approaching, so... I thought it would be a good fitting spin to release something on Lover's Day only and (laughs) see if it would kind of catch on. And I think a lot of people read it. A lot of people liked it. And uh, yeah, I was just happy to kind of give a snapshot of some really cool things that I've done, some terrible things that happened and kind of where we're at now.
1: Awesome, man. That's good. Yeah. It was fun. So, Tying into that uh you mentioned that you're part of the marketing team. I know you've been um part of a lot of different things in Bulls. Um give us sort of a brief snapshot of some of the stuff you've you've been a part of and uh what kind of stuff um are you hoping to do now that you're you're on the marketing team with Bulls Canada?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh I've done a lot of marketing work at home here and um because of that uh myself and many others uh started a recreational league rec league it's a beer league okay uh in town here and it's about six or seven years running and last year it sold out in 20 minutes and we're getting like 90 to 90 to 100 people a week um all around our age group just looking for something to do every week and hang out with some friends and so that was a that was a big deal from a marketing standpoint. We're really trying to grow the game here in Saskatoon, and it's kind of catching on. We're we're just looking for a few more members, but the arrow is definitely pointing up. Uh, other than that, I'm looking to keep coaching. I run an annual development clinic here at the club, um, nice. just for a bunch of bowlers who want to get better, and that's important. Some people uh, enter provincials, but they don't really know what they're doing out there. They're just kind of throwing a bowl and hope it gets close. So (laughs) I'm trying to give them some perspective on what's working and hope that they can keep grinding and maybe get some results one of these days.
0: Yeah. sounds like a, sounds like a pretty good thing you guys got going on there. I've seen lots of pictures and videos and fun stuff out of there in the last couple of years. It looks like a good time for sure. And I mean, a lot of people are into beer, so beer league doesn't sound so, like such a bad thing either. So,
2: No, man, <laughs> yeah. it's a good way to break up the week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just as always, guys, uh, everyone in the chat, I would like to just remind you all that if you have any questions for anybody, including Alex, uh, don't be afraid to ask them. And we'll make sure he gets you the best answer he can give. <laughs>
2: Perfect. Uh, as far as uh, marketing goes with BCB... Um... We're, we're working hard right now. we got a big provincial council and uh, uh, we're looking to collaborate across the country. So nice. I think uh, some good things are going to come down the pipe pretty soon and uh, communications, everything. So we're just trying to grow as much as possible.
1: Um, I want to do something fun here. Um, oh, dear. We did this with a <laughs> few people. Uh, I'll let everybody else take a look. We'll just transition. Um, so we like to do a little deep dive into uh, somebody's social media. Uh, we went to Facebook for for Alex here. Um, I wanted to throw up a few pictures, uh, get his uh, take on what it is, and hopefully a little bit of information on, on what that moment or uh, what the people in the photo mean to him. So uh, we'll start off with this one, uh, with the... The red shirt with the collar popped. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this all about? And the white pants. I mean, the white pants.
0: Classic white pants.
1: <laughs> oh man,
2: yeah, that's uh, that's me being severely outclassed out in the, the World Junior Cup in Warilla, Australia. That was my <laughs> first ever time on a 17-second green, and wow, I, I popped my collar for some. <laughs> Real stupid reason. And yeah, I was ready to roll a bowl that was probably gonna be eight feet narrow and uh, on the other green, but had a great time.
0: Uh question from John Siteman. Was that the World Cup where you broke the jack in half? Uh
2: yes it was. Uh actually, you know what, that might have been the year before. I'm trying to remember back to back years, but year two was when I broke it in two thousand nine.
1: NAC picture with the full team Canada what give us some context on this and and what did this mean to you as a player
2: oh man Uh, that was actually my last uh, international event before I stepped down from the squad so that was in Victoria BC in 2012 and we had just decimated the United (laughs) States of America
1: shout out to the USA team there yeah (laughs)
2: Yeah, big shout out, big shout out to Zangle and uh, Neil Furman, They're uh, real good guys. But uh, yeah, Team Canada clicked that week. We won all the trophies, and it was uh, such a good team. We were stacked that year, and uh, as you can tell, you can see all the people in that picture. There's a lot of legitimate legitimate bowlers there who just we had an awesome
1: time. Good uh, pick. Yeah, I thought so. There's there's some weird guy over here with a black hat, but I don't know who that is. And shout out Greg with the close eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Daryl, you were a part of that man. That Nailed was it. That was before the beard, too, man. That's a while back.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's good. What good about time. this one? <laughs> uh, that was a random practice match with my sister at the Nutana Lawn Bowling Club. I. She's pretty upset that I just beat her 21 to 20. <laughs> so she's crying like a little baby because she can never
1: beat her big brother. <laughs> uh, give us some context on the shirt. I saw a few pictures with this shirt on there and I also put it as one of the teaser pictures for our, uh, for this show. Yeah, for sure.
2: Uh, basically, <clears throat> that is one of many shirts that Tim Mason, Steve Santana, Jeff Persich and company uh, kick started out in BC. They're called the Bulls Brigade. I'm sure you guys know all about it. Yeah. And uh, that's just one of their hilarious slogans. Warning: No dumping allowed. And it just uh, <laughs> it's fitting because you no one wants to dump their bulls. You're going to ruin greens that way. Right. But uh, yeah, just. Awesome times. They made so many great shirts and uh, they kind of created a really amazing culture across the world with these shirts. And uh, it definitely caught on.
1: How about this one? Oh, sweet. (laughs)
2: Uh, That was Victoria 2017 with Grant Wilkie and Murray Petuli. We had uh, just vanquished Wainwright in the gold medal triples. And uh I hardly had to do anything that game. Murray was actually a machine. He was just drawing the cat clean every end and <laughs> Wilkie made some timely shots and um yeah, honestly, ain't no thing. That was uh that was number three. That was number three.
1: Three that's and four awesome.
2: years, so we went on a pretty hot run for the last four years.
1: That's crazy. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it was a good time. Now speaking of a broken jack There it is. Give us some context on this one, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's
2: the one uh, John Seitman was talking about. Uh, I was rolling against Ralph DeRoy from the Netherlands, and uh, he drew a beautiful shot right next to the cat, and all I had was a drive, so I hucked that puppy as hard as I could and uh, (laughs) connected bull and cat, and it just exploded into pieces. And it's really cool because... uh, it was caught on video, so oh nice, yeah It ended up uh being a pretty big deal for a little bit, just because jacks don't explode very often, and I'm convinced the ones in Australia were just kind of shittier, but because've <laughs> I've never done it since it was yeah. a definitely a one-off, but <laughs> it was cool, and I ended up getting three because of the the biggest chunk of the jack went out of bounds, and I got three points because it got brought back in.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so, (laughs) bam. And finally, this one.
2: Oh, yeah, classic. (laughs) Uh, That's 2011 championships in uh, North York. Um, We had just won the Psy English Trophy, which is one of the most underrated trophies in Canada. Everyone wants their hands on that puppy each year. And uh yeah, we decided to do a hilarious leapfrog to the podium. Murray, of course, uh would rather just watch the young bucks do it because wanted no
1: part of it over here, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, but you could zoom in on his face, he's loving every minute of it. And uh that was like that was the youngest Saskatchewan team we ever had. So Yeah, he's just loving life. Yeah. Everything
1: <laughs> But yeah, awesome,
2: we decided to do the LeapFrog, and that's the youngest squad we ever had, so uh, I think we had a pretty hilarious moment that time. That's awesome.
0: Quick uh, quick uh, question from Cam, Cam friends. He wants to know if you want to ever bowl for Canada again.
2: Yeah, I do, actually. Um, nice. Uh, I don't know when. <laughs> I have a seven-month-old infant, and... Uh, just a lot of life changes, but um yeah i miss uh I miss being part of the international scene, and I definitely know I can still roll with the boys, so one day, cam, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I'd like to bowl with you one day anyway, so shout out cam shout out to Cameron
1: um so. What are your ambitions as far as bulls this year? What what do you have planned uh, going forward for 2020?
2: For sure, uh, I'm looking uh, to get my level one certification in the next few months. Just yes. to have a couple more courses to get, and uh, uh, I'm definitely looking to coordinate our bulls league again. It's a huge success throughout the summer, so I'll be active in that, and uh, especially I'm. Um, just excited to roll um, competitively. I haven't really been able to do that the last couple of years, so I'll be latching up with some familiar faces for the fours and the pairs, and hopefully we'll we'll see a bunch of you guys out there in Edmonton for nationals later on.
1: I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a good time for sure. Absolutely.
0: Um, yeah. So, go ahead, Daryl. Yeah.
1: I was just gonna say uh is there anything that you wanted to promote uh, i know obviously you're part of bcb but even in saskatchewan um is there anything personal to you that uh, you want people to know about
2: um not necessarily i mean we're all doing our thing to promote bulls as best as we can so i think <laughs> it's just in everyone's best interest to just network more um we're working on that a lot. Like, this podcast is huge. There's a lot of good exposure. Uh, promo vids are being made, but there's still a lot of people that just aren't talking enough about the game and sharing stories and being involved on social media. And I think there's a huge way to go on that. Um, from like international athletes to club level bowlers, there just needs to be a little bit more involvement. Like, you can't just roll bulls anymore if you want to grow the game you have to network and talk to people and kind of make things happen be a bit more accountable right so yeah everyone's going to do their thing in each province i have nothing specific to promote but i just i hope to continue to talk with more people throughout the season
1: awesome
0: Daryl, have you got any more questions for Alex today?
1: No, he's he's exhausted me of all my questions and uh, given some great answers. I, I can't thank him enough for that. Awesome.
0: Well, with that being said, thanks very much for your time today, Alex. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and we look forward to uh, working with you because it seems like you got a pretty good head on your shoulders about this whole promoting the game thing. So if we can ever use your help or we can be as help to you, we would love to do that. And uh, I hope you have a good day today.
2: Awesome, dudes. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, Take care, Alex.
2: Thanks,
0: Alex. Yeah, yeah, take it easy. Bye-bye. Well, Daryl, that was a good chat there. It was nice to hear from Alex and a lot of insight he's got. definitely got a lot of good ideas, it seems like.
1: He does, and I know he's uh, he's been in the, the marketing side for a little bit, um, right. doing this and that and the other thing. It's, it's good to have somebody... Um, has grown up with the sport and is it it's still i mean he likes to say he's older but uh and he's got a family but uh someone that's still connected with the young uh people in his province and and across canada is is really nice to have yeah absolutely yeah it was a good
0: chat and uh daryl i just want to just just cover this quickly i don't want to go over it too much but i know the hysteria is real about the coronavirus. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I just want everybody out there to make sure that you're washing your hands and staying away from large groups of people, as I would like everyone to be safe and be able to play Bulls next year. So no need to panic, but everyone should do their part. So we don't need to panic. Uh,
1: I wanted to bring up a question, thought maybe we could discuss it. Uh, sure. What do you think? How are we going to phrase this? With... The ban on a lot of these, well, not ban, but I guess the um, uh, not letting people uh, congregate in large crowds, um, the postponement of pretty much every sport that you can think of. I don't know what the sport channels are going to do with nothing to broadcast, but um, billion-dollar industries kind of shutting down or, or postponing stuff, uh, concerts and events and all that kind of stuff. What do you think um, that means for... Uh, bulls in canada and bulls clubs i know there's some concern because we're in that demographic that's uh more concerned about this virus than than any other
0: right um you know i really don't uh, necessarily agree or disagree with all of the shutdowns i think um maybe in in the nba situation they might have had the probably the best uh the best argument as to why they were going to shut down the league because one of their, actually, I guess it's two of their players now had been tested positive for the disease. So I think it makes sense that, uh, they were to at least postpone games for the meantime until they can cycle through all of the players. At least, um, okay. I can understand why they wouldn't want to like with being basketball or soccer, uh, whatever. I can understand why they want to, the idea of playing with empty stadiums because they got million dollar athletes, hundreds of millions of dollars dumped into players. And if they got sick and something was to happen, that wouldn't be a good thing. So I can understand why maybe they wouldn't have spectators in the stands um, as awkward as that would probably be,
1: I guess. But <laughs> it'd be pretty silent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I I, I, guess I'd have to say I think it's a, I think it's a good idea for the meantime, just until. The world gets a handle on what's actually going on until things start to cool down a little bit. It's probably not a terrible idea. Um, in the bowl scene, yeah, I think I have to agree with you on that one, Daryl. It's tough because, yeah, the demographic of bowls is generally of the older crowd or people with um, like, things that happen when you get older and sicknesses and everything else. So, yeah, it does it ne- not necessarily become scary, but I can understand like the the worry of not wanting to go into large crowds and whatever else, um, but at the same time, I say that I don't want to like worry anybody. I mean, I'm kind of a uh, an information nut myself, and I read a lot of things online, listen to a lot of talk shows and things about the virus. So I think I have a pretty good handle on it, and I don't think anybody really has to worry about it too much, as long as you're being safe as much as you can for the time being. And uh, I think everyone, I think it'll be okay.
1: Yeah, and for for anybody watching, there's there's a ton of good information out there. Um, like Luke Absolutely. said, uh, Bulls Canada has released statements on uh, COVID-19, the co- coronavirus. Um, I know that there's talks about all the events that are planned to be going down, not only for Bulls Canada, but for World Bulls as well. Um, not a lot of official statements have come out yet because it is it is down the line. But um, mm-hmm. if you think that billion-dollar sports organizations are kind of shutting down things temporarily just to be safe um, I'm sure that we're gonna see more of that uh, in the I guess in the close future and then we'll see what happens uh, going forward yeah and um,
0: uh, I wasn't uh, myself I wasn't overly worried about it um, but I know there's <laughs> if anyone's a, a serious XM subscriber there's channel 121 that's dedicated right now to the coronavirus which is um, what they're doing is basically breaking down all the myths and trying to, like, make it um, not as political, I guess, or media-like, where they're trying to just worry people for no reason. So if anyone has that and needs some good information, there's a lot of good stuff on there. I listened to it for 20 minutes on my drive home yesterday and learned a lot. So I think it's a, they're doing a great job with that. They have real doctors and whatever else on there, so it's good. Uh, John Siteman says in the chat, tough call, but the right call for sure. Um, I heard the world indoor in England just got postponed as of today. Hopefully they get a handle on it soon. Yeah, John, um, I know there was uh, some whispering going on about the world indoor. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm honestly not shocked. I mean, considering I think the the scary part um, with traveling worldwide right now is um, suppose we send um, a team over to England or Australia and something gets out of hand while they're away, then they get stuck there and they can't come home. And then who knows what's going to go on with that. I think that's honestly more... Uh, things to be worried of than the actual disease itself is just getting stuck somewhere
1: yeah i mean there's there's a lot of things to consider so it's not only health um right you don't really want to think about it but yeah there's a financial cost to it so you get stuck somewhere and you don't have travel insurance and a lot of um airlines and whatnot are canceling that kind of insurance if people are determined to fly so if, if you get stuck out there uh that could be really detrimental to your finances as well.
0: Yeah, I know um, in Canada, I've read a few things. I'm not sure how truthful they are. I don't know what media sources they were from, but I know there was um, something of if, suppose we get shut on, put on lockdown here in the country, I think the government said they were helping people accommodate for their losses. Um, but I'm not entirely sure how that will work.
1: In I don't the, know. The dog's home, Luke, eh? at yeah.
0: yeah, he's excited. <laughs> he's
1: barking the coronavirus out of the house. <laughs> uh, so, going to something a little more positive. Uh, <laughs> um, while we were kind of in the, um, uh, I guess, the delay uh, from our show doing it to this week, uh, the BPL 11 actually went down in Australia. This was before all the scares and, and all the stuff that went on. And um, if anybody watched it, it was some phenomenal bowls. Um, yeah, if you really if watched. you haven't checked it out and you want to check it out, um, go to our YouTube site, which you're on, um, and check out all the highlights. We posted a ton of videos uh, with all the highlights, great shots. And at the end of the day, uh, Canadian boy won it. Uh, Ryan Bester, okay. super exciting. Yeah, and
0: uh, I didn't get a good chance to watch a lot of it, um, but the, I watched the... The lots of the highlights from the finals and the final were absolutely incredible, super fun bowls to watch. And I think that's uh, a big part of the reason why they decided to go with that format, and it definitely works.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was fun to watch. Um, and I, I encourage bowlers in Canada, bowlers worldwide, um, start taking in all the other stuff that um, is going on in the world. BPL eleven, UBC. I mean, UBC has been postponed due to the situation, but um, when UBC goes on. Uh, the ultimate bulls challenge uh take a look at that um and just just youtube stuff um find out what other countries are doing and you know you never know when something like that might work in your country and just raise the profile of bulls for for everybody
0: right absolutely yeah And it would definitely be cool. I know there's some people working on some things, whether it be in Canada and other places around the world that are similar formats. So it would be really cool to see how they take off here and um, see if they have the same reach as the big the big names do in Australia. So I think yeah. that would be cool to see how that's going to play out over the coming years and months.
1: Did any other events happen, Daryl, or is that pretty much it? Um there's, I mean, there's been uh, little things here and there, but recently a lot of stuff is being postponed. So I'd say over the last week, not too much to really talk about. But uh, BPL eleven yeah. was the biggest, and obviously for Canadians, when you see Ryan Vester win, it's it's super exciting, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Alrighty, well, I guess it's time,
0: <clears throat> as Bruce Buffer would say, it's time. It's time <laughs> for the coach's corner
1: righty, Daryl, we'll let you have the floor. It's all you. Thanks, Luke. Uh yeah, Coach's Corner. Um <clears throat> uh, this has been uh actually a really fun segment for me to uh to dig into. I know I only take five to ten minutes to talk about a subject, which doesn't really give me a lot of time to dig really deep into it, but um like we've been saying to you guys. If there's something that interests you, if there's something that I bring up in Coach's Corner that you say, you know what, I really want to know more about it um, or I want to discuss it, um, make sure you talk in the chat. Um, Look in the description below and uh, make sure you comment, send us emails, contact me on Twitter. Um, And you can catch me on Twitch when I stream as well if you want to chat. Um, There's a ton of ways that you can connect with us and let us know what you want to see and then we can gear our content towards that. Um, and not only just with the show, we can actually start putting up videos uh, separately from the show, um, which can dive deeper into something and be a little bit longer uh, than this format allows for. So really think about that, okay? So for Coach's Corner, um, I kind of want to talk about mental imagery and visualization. This is something that um, is is f- Fairly new, I'll say, to bowls. Um, we really do talk about it quite a lot uh, at the national scene now. Um, it's really, really important if you want to get really good at bowls or any sport for that matter. Um, it's a huge chunk that a lot of people are missing, or possibly don't even know that they're doing, even though they are, um, that can help you so much in your game. You know, you do your physical training, you get on the green, you just roll your bowls, you roll your jacks, you do your skills training. And then off the green, you need to be doing mental imagery and visualization and um, working out what's up here. Um, Like we kind of say, as the body fatigues, your mind kind of goes and that's when you start playing bad. It's the same way. If your mind uh, can't handle it and you start to get fatigued up here, everything in your body is going to go with it. So your coordination, your release points, hitting your line, all that kind of stuff um you really really need to work on this as well as your physical stuff i wanted to throw this up here because um anybody that knows me knows that uh george st. pierre is one of my favorite athletes he's canadian uh he's a legend in uh mixed martial arts uh you can see him there with the two belts uh middleweight and welterweight champion uh he's won the belt in two weight classes and he's spanned over a ton of years in the sport and he's still healthy and uh still uh doing his thing as far as training um i wanted to throw up this quote because i think this this kind of sums it up for me uh the key to effective visualization is to create the most detailed clear and vivid a picture to focus on as possible the more vivid the visualization the more likely and quickly you are to be uh, begin attracting the things that help you achieve what you want to get done you think about that quote, and I think it sums it up really nicely. You want detailed, focused imagery in your mind of what you want to do, where you want to go and what you want to achieve, whether it's in a game or overall. And these vivid, positive images will actually help you achieve that uh, going forward. So visualization is the process of creating a mental image to communicate a message. So. What I want to do uh, when I'm uh, getting prepared for a game is I want to think about the game and what I want to do. I want to win. How am I going to win? I want to be positive. We're going to roll the jack to the length that we want. Bowls are going to end up where they want. How am I going to make my shot? I can visualize the path that that shot is going to go to the jack. I can visualize how the ends are going to work out and try to guide my team in a positive way. To do that, if I'm in a singles game, it's all about um, my uh, self affirmations and um, being positive to myself to say, I'm going to nail that jack to the length I want. I'm going to nail that first bowl. I'm going to play this strategy, this tactic. And I can picture it all up here without actually having to play a bowl. And then when I get on the green and I'm ready to play a bowl, it's all positive. It's all good. It's said I've done this. I know what I'm going to do. Let's go and do it. Uh, For athletes, the goal is to create a positive mental image of what you want uh, to happen in your game, okay? The key word here is positive. Um, The visualization and the mental imagery that we often see people do is they'll get to a green and uh, they'll go against an opponent that they maybe haven't won against before. Or they're on a green that they don't really like and they start saying, oh, you know, I hate this green. Um, Oh, man, I have to play Luke and I I haven't beat him before. What am I going to do about it? Um... My bulls don't like this green, my bowls don't like the speed, uh, the speed is crappy, whatever. Um, you're starting to drag yourself down. What you need to do is say, you know, this is going to be the game, I'm going to beat Luke. Um, I'm going to master this green, I'm going to make these shots. These are the adjustments that I need to make. I can, Im- I can picture in my head exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, mental rehearsal for all aspects of the match to bolster physical training and to prepare yourself for the actual match. Um, it's, it's been proven that doing the repetitions in your mind, even if you aren't rolling bowls on the green, doing reps on the green is great, but when you don't have that time, when you don't have that ability, or you're just at home, doing those rehearsals and those reps off the green up here can actually help you retain that information, do it better and picture yourself either in third person or first person, uh, Um, to see what's going right, what's going wrong, and make those positive impacts in your game. It's reps just like doing physical. You do reps up here, at home, rolling bowls, doing skill shots, making those difficult shots when you need to. Uh, The mental rehearsal of skills and the positive imagery around competition can have a major impact on improving your performance of the skills, as well as improving your performance and mental state for the competition day. So it's a huge package. I feel great, I'm physically strong. I've eaten what I need to before the game, I've hydrated. Physically, I'm perfect. Now I need to make sure that um, mentally I'm perfect as well. I have a positive attitude. I'm ready to get out there. Um, I feel really uh, good and I feel strong going into the game. I know that I can outlast my opponent. I know that I can be positive and, and win the day. Everything works together. This goes wrong. This goes wrong too. If this goes wrong, this goes wrong too. You got to combine those two. So with that being said, I just wanted to throw out some tips. Just like any skill to train on, visualization takes practice and putting in reps. It's not a matter of just sitting down one day and saying, I'm going to picture myself uh, playing a bowl. It doesn't work that way. Some people have really good imaginations and it might be easier for them. Still need to put in those reps. Pardon me. (coughs) I'm not used to talking this much, I guess. Uh, Learn to incorporate all the senses. Sight, smell, feel, hearing. Get detailed. I want to know what does the bowl feel like? What does the grass feel like? What kind of environment am I in? Is it a hot day? Is it a cold day? Is it a rainy day? Am I wearing... Just my team uniform? Am I wearing a jacket? Do I have my favorite hat on? Am I using the bowls that it will be on the day? Um, What are the sounds that are around me? Is it a crowd? Is it silent? Do I hear my opponent? Do I know who my opponent is and and where I'm going to be playing? Okay, all these bits and pieces make such a detailed uh, image in your head that it's just like playing the real game. Okay, use that to your advantage. Visualize positive feelings and outcomes, okay? Get rid of those negative things. Be positive. Use different perspectives. First person and third person. First person is great for playing the game like I'm actually in it. But if I'm wanting to work on skills and stuff, maybe I want to look at myself as a third person. Am I stepping correctly? Am I swinging correctly? Is my delivery okay? Those two perspectives can actually pay off. Be consistent and on schedule just like training. You're going to go out four times a week to, to train a skill on the green. Maybe you should try four times a week, putting in some time visualizing, um, working on that mental game, okay? It takes time, and it takes training, just like everything else. And if you have trouble, ask for help from a coach or a sports psychologist to help guide you through proper visualization, okay? It's tough for some people. You don't quite get it. You don't quite understand how this can help. Um, you don't know where to start or... Um, how to get yourself into a relaxed state so that you can actually generate these feelings and these um, these experiences in your mind rather than actually being on the green. Okay, you have to help. Uh, coaches are out there to help. They may not be expert sports psychologists, but they can help you. They can at least get you on the right track and maybe give you some material to read uh, to understand it a bit better. And if you have uh, uh, access to a sports psychologist, um, that's the way to go. Um I just noticed I spelled psychologist wrong. Uh use the lower <laughs> use the lower anxiety and feelings of doubt. All right? Um don't doubt yourself. You want to you're an anxious person, you're worried about everything that's going on. It's up here. Okay? Be positive, be strong. Work on these um and when you hit the green that anxiety will slowly lower. You'll know that you're doing the right things. You know that you're you're in the right moment. All right? And with that I'll bring back Luke. Um, let's see what his thoughts are on this, huh?
0: Well, there that was a pretty good, pretty good uh, <laughs> section you had there. Thanks, Luke. Actually, okay. I actually, uh, I really enjoy getting to listen to those because, like, they help me a lot. And I'm not a coach myself, so it's nice to hear from from you and figure out what's going on. Awesome. Um, there actually was a part. It's escaped my mind now. There was a part I was actually gonna asked you a question though, but I can't remember what it was now, so I guess I'll let that go. Um <laughs> while while you were uh doing the coach's <clears throat> corner there, I did ask the chat um if they had any questions for you and i um you might need to add some context to this one if you feel like you need to. Sure. But John Neal asked, How is your wife's wrist?
1: Oh. Uh hey John. Um John's from uh the UK. I talk to him every once in a while. Um, Unfortunately, uh, a couple of weeks ago, my wife slipped on some ice and broke her wrist. Uh, it was a pretty bad break; um, it was in her left hand, and she actually broke a few chunks um, through impact. Um, she had to go in for surgery, um, and that was—I want to say a week ago now. Oh no, two weeks ago now. And she's doing uh, really well. Uh, the surgery went really well. The X-rays, uh, the X-rays that we had, um, came back super positive. So she's actually back at work. She's got a brace on um, just to make sure nothing happens. And right now she's just doing physio to make sure that everything's working all right. Um, but John, thanks for, thanks for asking. The wife's doing actually really well. Uh,
0: another quick comment uh, from John. He did, uh, he did say the game is 80% above the shoulders relaxing before the delivery helps with the mental imaging, which I could not agree
1: more. Absolutely, man.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Pierre van der Hout, so I apologize if I butchered that uh, <laughs> He says how much visualization Do you think you should focus on On your opponent um,
1: It's It's going to be a personal um, Balancing act with what you want to do um, There's a, a number of examples of uh, Athletes that I know of Let's say uh, the, one of the popular ones I know Is uh, Wayne Rooney He would get so detailed, he would go to his equipment manager and ask, what uniform are we wearing tomorrow? What uniform are the opponents wearing tomorrow? Who am I playing against? He'd get the lineup. And he would visualize who he's playing against, how he's going to play it, um, what their skills are, what his skills are, in order to get that positive outlook on, I'm going to do this um, and be strong. It's it's not always that easy. You don't necessarily know who you're going to play in bowls, Unless it's a bigger tournament, sometimes you show up and they say, hey, you're on green three or you're on rank three and you show up and you say, hey, I'm playing Luke or Daryl or or whoever it is. Um, Sometimes it just has to be that nameless person. Um, For competition, you try to incorporate everything, even your opponent, if you know. For out of competition, it's just doing the reps. And I worked on the skill for for 30 minutes. Um, Let's go home and visualize okay, what was the perfect shot? When did I succeed in that shot? And you just keep doing that over and over again. So uh, it's a little less focused on a person rather than a skill, but um, it depends on what you're doing. I think um, if I had to add uh, my opinion on that one,
0: um, for me personally, um, I would say my visualization of my opponent is probably really low. Um, Maybe even as low as, let's say, 10 to 15%. Uh, just because if I know how they're going to play, for me personally, that's all I think I need. Like if Say if I know I'm going up against somebody who's just going to be blasting the whole game, all I'll right. be able to uh, visualize or even just go out and practice what you said, like the skill on how I could defend against somebody like that. And so like really all I need to know about somebody is their style of play, if I can find that or if I've played against them before. So I don't think it's something to uh, worry too much on, um, but it's definitely a good thing to know. Absolutely,
1: guess, yeah, Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It's, uh, and I'll say this, I mean, I've confined it into just a few minutes and two slides, really. Um, If if you really want to know more about it, there's some great resources out there. You can Google it, um, just visualization, mental imagery. Um, One of the books I like to read on the mental game is uh, actually Zen Golf. It's a golfing book, but it has great um information on what to do and how to do it and uh i mean golf is a is a really small target sport um and they visualize all the time if you watch golfers play they stand behind and visualize the shot and then walk up and make the shot you can do the same in bowls you stand behind the mat you visualize the shot you walk to the mat you make the shot right so there's a lot of similarities
0: yeah um larry wright's asking do you have any recommended (laughs) reading or uh video material and uh I have a book. Uh, it's called Mind Gym. I, I couldn't tell you who the author is, but it's all about uh, sports psychology and kind of like being able to break through from being a, like, a, let's just use it in pools, like a club level player. It's like a provincial player all the way through sort of thing. So it's a really good book in um, how to like, get the mental aspect of sport or whatever you're doing, really. Um, and I think that's like a really good piece of reading that somebody could pick up and if they're trying to get some uh, mental health Help for bowls, I guess, if that's the correct way to term it. I'm not sure how to say it, but <laughs> it's just all about the, the mental aspect of sport.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that Zen Golf. Um, if you look on YouTube, sometimes you'll, you'll run across some people that do um, sort of guided um, mental focus and mental training. So they'll actually take you through a visualization exercise. <clears throat> it won't be specific. It'll be more general. But um, it'll at least give you an idea of what to do to actually work on it yourself. John Neal says, try reading sports psychology for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> there is a book out there, actually. Yeah, John's right. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of resources out there. You just have to kind of go and look. But um, those books are probably a good place to start. Yeah, I think so, too.
0: Unfortunately there's not a whole lot of uh bull specific things, but I think if you uh, watch something from another sport, um or <clears> even <throat> just in general, it's definitely helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. Alright. Well, Daryl, do you have any more questions or anything you'd like to any talking points for today?
1: I'm just wondering if uh I mean we were talking about the, the virus a little bit, but um I mean I was out here at my grocery store uh, the other day just trying to get some stuff for dinner and um, toilet paper was gone. People were stacked up in their carts with uh, canned goods and the registers were 20 people deep. Like it was crazy. But um, I'm just wondering if anybody has actually thought about advertising like bidet companies or something like that. You know, like wouldn't that be a it's good actually, idea?
0: It's actually funny you say that because we we're talking about it at work yesterday.
1: And uh, <laughs> I was saying
0: I don't understand. I was like,
1: it'd be a good time to have a bidet. don't worry about it save a lot of panic uh i don't really have anything else um really i just want to say thank you to the people that uh that are tuning in those that have subscribed to the channel already
0: yeah we're only 30 away from 200 so if uh if you haven't already make sure you hit that red subscribe button on the bottom and if you click the notification bell you'll get (laughs) notifications every time that we're going to go live Uh, or any or every other thing that
1: we decide to post so that's right Um, share this around share the videos around Um, get people um, interested in actually seeing the show whether it's live or afterwards Um, we want this to become something that um, we can do on a regular basis we want something this something that we can do for a long time so if it's interesting to you if you're finding that um, the stuff that we're doing is is really worthwhile um, the best way that you guys can support us is sharing, getting people involved, getting people to like the the Facebook page, the website, um, subscribing to our YouTube channel. That way we know that we're actually um, getting people that are interested and uh, what we're doing is uh, worthwhile. Yeah, and uh, uh, on that note, uh, don't be afraid to tell us
0: what you don't like about the show. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, we're not, obviously, like we say every episode, we're not professionals. We're just doing our best out here. So if there's anything you think we need to work on or any suggestions, nah, never be afraid to uh, to let us know. The comment section down below is a good good way to put that or personally, however however you think you can do that. And um, another thing I'd just like to add to the, the whole comment section thing, um, we don't have a big list of guests <laughs> lined up at the moment. So if anybody has any suggestions or anybody you'd like to see on the show, Um, or topics you'd like us to speak about don't be afraid to add those either so i think uh for today i think that's all we got i appreciate everybody who tuned in and um until next time guys be healthy and may all your shots be touchers